0: 1 Corinthians chapter 4, will you please open the word of God with me today? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we're looking at this series, Restore, if you're new here to Chapel Point, um, and we're going to finish up chapter 4 today. It, it is following a week, and, and restoration is the theme, of course, to be restored. Why? Because we know Paul, he's in, a, on a, he's in Ephesus likely right now, writing to the, uh, the church in Corinth. He had visited there. He was there for a year and a half. We know that, and I keep saying these things over and over. Why? Because that's how you remember them. All right, so we know that uh, Corinth was a city that was reestablished around 46 years before Christ. After 142 years before Christ, it kind of just went away. It was demolished. It was done. Rome rebuilt it. It was a trade route, and so it was very prosperous because of being in the middle of two different seas. Um, and they became, honestly, just arrogant. It was known to be a city that was arrogant and prideful and full of themselves. A lot of spiritual um, hardship, moral decay there a ton of spiritual immorality uh, and you know got over a thousand prostitutes that would come down from the hillside every night polytheism was prevalent the worship of many gods and it was just a hard hard place and paul came and he was a father to them and he he established the church there and at times it was doing well but they just would get distracted By adopting so many of the practices of the world, rather than allowing um, Christ to use them to influence the world and its practices. And we see that happening in this writing. So when we look at this, last week we were able to look at what it is to be found faithful we wanted to be found faithful in several different ways through our identity as servants in Christ, but also as stewards of the mystery of God. We want that to be our identity. We wanted to have healthy evaluation. Again, this was a week ago, allowing our evaluation to be through Christ, not others' expectation or opinion of ourselves. And then we want to carry the attitude of Jesus also as we walk through life. We want to carry the proper attitude. So last week, it was all about being found faithful. So everybody say found faithful. faithful. Good job. Um, I think I even heard the people in the service upstairs, so good job to them. Um, found faithful, and then this week we go from found faithful to being a faithful follower. We want to be found faithful as a faithful follower. Found faithful as a faithful follower. Now, when you look at the words faithful follower, which one stands out to you the most? Which one's the most difficult? No, follower now some of you are this faithful you never know but i th- i think we struggle with being a follower today I think we struggle with the fact that many of us, we know what we want for ourselves, but we struggle to follow other people. We struggle to go, Hey, is God wanting me to do this? And we struggle to sometimes listen to other people and, and to take their advice. And, um, you know, a lot of times when somebody comes and corrects us, we immediately go, who are you to tell me that? And then we remind them of their previous mistakes to give us authority to not have to listen to them and their correction of what we've done. Well yeah, but you've messed up too. So why and and right away as soon as you go, "Yeah, but you what you've done is you've lessened what they've said so that you don't have to take responsibility for everything that you've done. Even if they're trying to help you, push you toward Jesus, you don't want to have to listen to that and you would rather tell them what they've done wrong. All right? If you have a sibling, you've done that toward one, toward one another. You know, mom and dad wouldn't want you to do that. And you go, yeah, but you've done. And then right away you call that out. Anybody ever done that before? Right. So it's what we end up. It happens all the time. It happens in work. Well, you know, we we shouldn't really be doing that. Listen, you've done wrong things, too. And we right away, we call out other people's mistakes so that we don't have to acknowledge our own shortcomings. And so we're going to move today from being found faithful to wanting to be a faithful follower and it's going to help us to examine what's it mean to actually be what? To be a what? Were you he- if you were here last week, will you please raise your hand? Okay, let's start acting like it. All right, I'm just going to help you out here. Um, last week we talked about being a crayon, that when you're broken in half, that you're consistent through and through. That's part of what it means to be found faithful. And to be a faithful follower, we want to be a crayon. That's what we, that's what we desire. I mean, truly, the person you are right now and worshiping and everything else, on Tuesday at 2.47 in the afternoon, someone should say, that's, they're the same person. They're the same lover of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And they were struggling with this big time. So we get to speak about what it is to be a faithful follower. Um, We're going to begin by reading verses 8 through 13. So will you please stand for the reading of the word of God? No underlying words today. We're going to mature. We're going to grow in this. We can do it together. Um, You know how it works. If I do leave a blank, I'm not going to leave many of them. You can fill in the next word, okay? Um, Already you have all that you Already, they have everything they already want. Don't, don't you understand? Guys, you have everything you already want. Already, you've become rich. Remember, they're on a trade route between two different seas, and so they've got all these resources coming in. There's a very prosperous area, so they already have all they want. They've got the money and the resources they need. Without us, you have become kings, and would that you did reign so that we might share the rule with you. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all. Like men sentenced to death because we have become a to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are, but you are, you are held in honor, but we are in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, and we labor working with our own hands When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. This is the word of God. You may be seated. Now, I want to unpack all this. That's why we're stopping because you can already go, what did he just say? All right? We we want you to be able to read through scripture and, and help you know how to process it, to help you know how to interpret it, to think about it, okay? So hear the word of God. We already know who he's writing to. And he's like, guys, here's the church. They're abandoning the ways of Christ and everything that Paul has taught them because they're starting to adopt the practices of the world. Their attention has gone from this and it's being diverted a little bit more, more and more and more. And so he's helping to call this out because he wants them to be a faithful follower. And he's going to give them in the rest of this chapter four different ways to be a faithful follower. So I'm going to give you four ways to be a faithful follower today that we just see in Scripture. There are just certain themes that naturally come out here, okay? So he says the following. He says, you're already full. You're already rich. You've reigned as kings without us. You have everything you already need. Three different times in this chapter, he refers to them as being arrogant or puffed up. Arrogant or puffed up? In uh, verses 18 and 19, he does it. He already did it last week in verse 6 and 7. He refers to them as going, wait, you're puffed up or you're arrogant. And so the very first thing that we start learning from this is if you want to be a faithful follower, if you want to be found faithful, right, you need to make sure that you're cultivating humility in your own life. You're cultivating humility in your own life. Remember This is a province of Rome. Rome helped to reestablish this 42 years before Jesus Christ. And in doing such, what took place? Well, part of what took place is they were infusing that culture. That culture said, hey, feel good about yourself. Be confident in who you are. Don't worry about God. Don't worry about any of that other stuff. And so humility was considered to be a weakness to them. And yet here comes Paul going, whoa, you're not supposed to be adopting the practice of the world. You're supposed to be influencing the practice of the world by living for Jesus. So you need to make sure that you're cultivating humility. You already have everything that you need. You have all the wealth that you need. You've been reigning as kings without us. What are you doing? And he's being a bit sarcastic in some of the words that he says here, which is one of the reasons I love Paul. Right? There's some sarcasm without a doubt. He's like, listen, Corinthians, you seem to have all of it. Isn't it funny that we apostles, you're about to see, we have nothing. Reality check. What you're going to see in this passage is that the people who claimed Christ in the Corinthian church didn't respect the people who are leading the church because they wanted more of what the world had than the characteristics of what the godly had. That's reality. Reality. They wanted the money. They wanted the resources. They wanted the status. They wanted all these other things. And you're about to hear what Paul and all the apostles had was nothing. So he's like, man, you guys need to cultivate some humility. You need to start thinking yourselves as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. That's how he began the chapter, right? You're thinking of yourself too highly. You're thinking yourselves as kings instead of those servants that we already mentioned. Now, part of the reasons, we already know pride and insecurity, they're, they're twin sisters. Part of the reason they're so arrogant and puffed up is because they had not received the grace of God. Yes, I said that correctly. Three different times they are told to receive God's grace. Friends, you cannot embrace grace while living in arrogance. You cannot embrace grace while living in arrogance. Because someone who is arrogant or puffed up doesn't need God's grace because you actually are living for self. So the two cannot walk together side by side. And we know what pride does. It leads to an improper perspective of life. It leads to a lack of gratitude. And so now they're just even asking for more. Listen, you already have all you want. He's giving them a hard time. You already have all you want. You have all the wealth. What else do you want? Because they just wanted more and more and more. Have you had those people in your life who always want more, no matter what? They're like when's going to be enough? So they're thinking of themselves too highly. They need to cultivate the, the, the humility in their life. And their boasting is evidence that they didn't understand the gospel of grace. They didn't recognize gifts as being from God. They only saw the gifts of God as possessions. What's more that I possess? I want more. Give me more. Give me more. Nothing was ever enough. So he's saying like, already you have all you want. Already you've become rich. Without us, you become kings. Would you that you did reign so that we might share the rule with you? He talks in verse 18 and 19, as I've already mentioned once, about arrogance. So he's saying, you need to start walking in some humility, friends. If you want to be a a faithful follower, you need to walk in humility. And he just keeps pressing repeat on this theme. You're going, well, you've already spoken about that. Yeah, and I'm going to keep talking about it because the Bible speaks about humility constantly. Somebody says, oh, you talk about money. I'm like, yeah, because Jesus speaks more about money than more than anything else outside of love. We don't add to scripture, but we also don't remove from scripture. And when the word of God is preached, if you claim to know Jesus Christ and you take offense to it, that's a matter of your own heart posture, nothing else. Amen. Amen. So you say, man, be, make sure you're humble. Please be humble. Please be humble. Please be humble. Because right now you're just wanting more and more and more. And then he continues on. Verse 9 and following, he says, For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all. So he's going he's to give you this comparison. You have all you want. You have all the resources you want. You're already rich. And then he says this, But we've become a spectacle to the world. Don't you get it? We've become a spectacle to the world. It's, it's remarkable to think here. The, the word spectacle here is the same as theatron or theater. So he's like, we've become like people who the world is just watching and they're mocking and making fun of. It's like we're in a theater. So here you are, you have all you want, you're already rich, you have all that you can think of. And yet here, hey, look at us apostles. We're being exhibited, we're being watched as though it's a theater production. Like people who are sentenced to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we are in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst, we're poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless, we labor, working with our own hands. By the way, according to Rome, if you had to work in that manner with your own hands in order to provide for yourself to do something differently, that was a disgrace. So the very thing that the world would elevate, the apostles were something different. And so now they had lost focus and they had started elevating the things of the world rather than living as the apostles and the things that would represent and glorify Jesus. Jesus. And some, it's, it's not hard to do. We can easily get distracted in doing that same thing. So, yes, they are to cultivate humility, but they also, he's letting them know, you need to be ready to suffer as we're suffering. You're over here bragging about all you have and how much wealth you have, and you have everything according to the world, but the apostles here, we're suffering. It says they're buffeted. To be buffeted literally means that you're, being, you're, you're punching back physically. All right, here's, here's some of the contrast that we begin to see here. He starts listing all the suffering that they're walking through in the present hour, in the present day. Verse 10, they're considered fools. Verse 11, they're hungry and thirsty. They don't have all that they need. They're poorly dressed, right? That means that they're, they're living in rags, right? They're being buffeted, which bu- that means to be beat up or roughly treated, all right? They're homeless, verse 11. They're laboring, verse 12, so much so when it talks about laboring in this way to a manner in which you are weary, right? You're just worn out. You don't, you don't get to stop because you're like, oh, I'm a little tired, i want to take a break. No, you're weary. You're about to collapse. Like it's, that's what it's conveying. But they're doing it anyway for the furthering of the gospel. It says that they're being slandered, verse 13, persecuted, that they're scum of the world, verse 13, and they're refuse of all things. Refuse, what's that mean? Garbage. They're considered to be garbage. So here you are, oh, you have everything you could imagine, you could have everything you want, but you need some humility. And by the way, you need to be ready to suffer because you should be mimicking us because we're trying to mimic Christ. And according to the world, we have nothing and we're despised and we're slandered and we're buffeted and we're mocked and we're homeless and we're working as hard as we can just to make it every day so that we can preach the gospel. And yet you're wanting the things of the world, yet you're wanting to claim Christ doesn't work. Doesn't work. So, yeah, you need to be cultivating humility, but you also need to be ready to suffer. Biggest struggle is that the things that Paul considered to be of value, the Corinthians and their pride wanted to avoid at all costs. Do you desire to avoid the very things that are biblically sound? Do you desire to avoid characteristics that would, would reflect Jesus? Now, that is a question to ask. Because characteristics that reflect Jesus are humility, being ready to suffer for his sake. Right? Gentleness and kindness. It's the fruit of the spirit. Self-control. Do we sometimes desire to avoid the very things that would allow us to draw closer to Christ? And he says, man, we, we've been made. He's, he says this in the last verse. When, when reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. By the way, that reminds you, James chapter 1. Like I start, I start looking at all that was being communicated here. James 1 is an amazing passage. He talks a lot about being steadfast or enduring. And in James chapter 1, verse 3, verse 4, verse 12, just all in that chapter, he talks about being steadfast and enduring, persevering. Well, he's doing the same, Paul's doing the same, similar type of thing here. So, I mean, you need to endure. You need to be ready to suffer. You need to be steadfast. Otherwise, you're going to be like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. And that's exactly what was happened, happening to the people in the church in Corinth. They're being blown and tossed back and forth by the waves of the world. So he calls it out. Here Paul is saying, man, I'm a, you would consider me a fool and that I'm weak and that I'm in disrepute, that I'm, and by the way, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty and I'm poor. I'm laboring as best as I can just to provide. I'm persecuted, but I'm going to endure. I'm being slandered and I'm considered to be the trash, the garbage of the world. I wonder how we would receive that on his resume. I don't know about you guys. I've never liked doing a resume. Don't enjoy it. I just want to say, I love Jesus a lot. Let's go. Right, I think that should be good, Um, and uh, hopefully, I will never do a resume again. And and I look at it and I go, man, it's really interesting because I don't know if we would look at the resume of Paul and go, that's someone we want. Like, would we want Paul to preach here today? You think I'm direct? He steps heavy into them. I'm making this sound really nice. Because he's considered to be garbage. So yeah, we need to cultivate humility. That's one way we can be a faithful follower. We need to be ready to suffer. And then we're going to step into two more things here. Let's go ahead and stand again for the reading of the word of God. First Corinthians 4, 14 through 21. And this is what it says. I do not write these things to make you ashamed. Now he's not, he's not trying to shame them. He's not trying to embarrass them, but he is being direct Sometimes we don't like the directness. So he's not trying to shame him. He's like, I'm writing these things, right, as beloved children. I'm trying to admonish you. I'm trying to admonish this. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. Pay attention. I'm warning you. Right? If you keep walking over there, there's a cliff you're going to fall off of, and then you're going to get upset that I didn't tell you about a cliff, but I'm telling you about a cliff. But you're choosing to ignore me because you're living according to the world and not according to Christ. I don't write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you, to warn you as my beloved children. You have countless guys in Christ, but you don't have any fathers. You don't have many fathers. You need people who are spiritual fathers, not just receiving instruction to do whatever you still want to do. And so you can go to class and listen and you can take notes, but you're not applying anything. No, you need spiritual fathers who will discipline you. That's what he's going to communicate. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then be imitators of me. So it's a faithful follower. Follow Paul because Paul is trying to follow Jesus, and we don't want to follow anybody except for ourselves. That is why I'm sent you, Timothy, my beloved and my faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant. I told you this is 18, 19. It's going to mention this a couple of times. That arrogance, that being puffed up, right? Some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you. I will come to you soon if the Lord wills. And I'll find out, not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. I want to know what the real power is here. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and the spirit of gentleness? It's up to you. This is the word of God. You may be seated. So right away, we know that we want, if we want to be a faithful follower we want to make sure that we're walking in humility, that we're cultivating that humility in our life. We want to make sure that we're, we're ready to suffer. It's a good question for you to ask. What, what does suffering today look like for Christ? For you, what does suffering look like to you for Christ? And then thirdly, he's saying, follow godly examples. He's like, I've been an example for you, but you're following the example of the world, which is why you're trying to chase all of the world's dreams rather than the dream that God has for you. Follow godly examples. Friends, godly examples and witnesses are one of the greatest opportunities that we have to learn. If you can have somebody in your life that you actually want to emulate because you know that they're trying to push Jesus, that is a gift and a blessing because we don't have nearly enough of it. And he's not wanting to shame them. He's warning them. And he's like, man, you, you have all these instructors. You need a spiritual father, and I've been that father to you. The NLT says, You have only one spiritual father, for I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. So, what is he saying? You're looking at me because of the world. You've listened so much to the world. Remember, Rome and everybody else, they thought that that humility and all was a disgrace and it's a weakness. And why would you be willing to be hungry and have to work like that just to provide so that you can go do all these other things for Jesus? Like, that's embarrassing. Live for yourself. Gain more and more for you. And because you're listening to that, that's ridiculous because I'm telling you to imitate me. But when they're hearing imitate me and Paul is speaking these words through this letter, they're going, "Uh, uh, nope, nope. I I don't know if I want to do that. And you're going, well, how do you know that? Well, because Paul wouldn't be writing in this tone if they were receiving it. Remember, he's already heard in chapter 1 via Chloe's household all that's taking place and that they're stepping away from the faith and they're being led astray and they're starting to embrace the practices of the world. Chapter one. So he's urging them. I urge you, imitate me. And when they hear Paul say that, they're going, "Man, he's just weak, and he's dishonored, and he's hungry, and he's thirsty, and he's poorly clothed, and he's homeless, and he's being beaten, right? And, and man, I, I, he's having to do manual labor. That is a disgrace. I'm not going to do that." But he's declaring it. Imitate me, though. And they're calling him out. I urge you, he says, imitate me. Friends, we need to be trying to imitate those who give the greatest glory to God and shine Christ the most. Somebody came to me recently, they're like, hey, man, I just, I really want to make it in a particular industry. Um, they call that out. Do you have somebody who can mentor me in that way? And I, was, I said, do you have a mentor spiritually? Well, I mean, I already love Jesus, When I need that? I said, oh, you should not have said that to me. So you want to be mentored in an area so that you can prosper for self, but you don't want to be mentored spiritually so that you can glorify Christ. Help me understand this as somebody who claims Jesus. I don't get I don't understand that. Help me out. So Paul's writing to the Corinthian church saying, you need to start imitating me. I'm sending Timothy. There's somebody else you need. He's going to point to me too, because we're trying to reflect Jesus Christ. You, you need to stay focused. Some of you have gone from this and you've, you've, you've been led astray. So I'd rather you pay attention and know, Oh wow. Wait a second. I've been led astray. And then he says this, some are arrogant, verse 18 and following, some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you. They were, wanting, they were almost making fun of him like, oh, well, Paul's not going to come. He doesn't want to have to come back here. He would never. He's doing hard work. He's already doing what he needs to be doing. If the Lord will allow him, he'll go back. He says, I'll come soon if the Lord's will. I'll find out, not the talk of these arrogant people, but I want to know what their power is actually coming from because I know that they're following the wrong thing. That's what he's communicating. And he says, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. What do you wish? Should I I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness? So, yes, we need to follow godly examples. If you want to be a faithful follower, you need to do everything you can to walk in humility. You need to be willing to walk through difficulty and to suffer. Also, you need to follow godly examples. Who are you trying to follow the most today as a spiritual mother or father? That's what he's trying to get them to evaluate. Guys are following the wrong thing. And then lastly, he's saying, you need to start welcoming correction. Now, we already know, mature leaders invite what? Accountability. Accountability. And so here he is saying, you need to welcome correction. He says, what do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod? Or with love and a spirit of gentleness? Your choice. What what, what do you prefer here? I I mean, I remember... um, I know it's really difficult to understand this, but when I was a kid, I did all kinds of crazy stuff. And lots of BB gun fights. Did you do that? Lots of BB gun fights. Did you have BB gun fights, Pastor Nathan? No. Okay. Um, Lots of BB gun fights. like, you know, we would catch snakes to bring them home and throw them on our patio just to scare my mom. Did you do that stuff? Um, Like, it was a lot of fun. Um, And... uh, I remember my father looking at me once and he just said go and I'd have to go pick my own switch I'd go to the willow tree and pick my own switch those are good days Um, never ever did my dad say son you've done something really inappropriate you can choose you can either have a rod or just the spirit of gentleness right now he never asked He gave me what he thought was best for me to learn and grow. And here he's coming and saying, listen, should I come with you with a rod? He's talking about a rod of discipline. Do do I need to punish you in that way? Like as a spiritual father? Because I think he's communicating, I wanna come with a spirit of gentleness, but it's not working, right? It's, the, it's when you look at a kid and you say, "Hey guys, I need to clean up your room," and they, oh, "Okay." And an hour later, Did you clean up your room. No, no, I'll go do it right now. Okay. And then an hour later, they haven't done it. So like, then you yell at them a little bit. You're like, "And why do you have to yell at me?" Well, because you didn't. The other didn't work. Sometimes we need the rod of discipline because our ears aren't being perked up and our heart is so callous And we're chasing so much of the world that we don't recognize that we're not chasing Jesus And if you claim to be a child of God Then you need to be disciplined at times so that we can wake up and make sure that we're imitating the right people who are pushing Us toward Christ that is a reality and I know our world doesn't like it, but I don't care about that I care what will reflect Jesus Remember, the whole theme of the book is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's redemption, there's hope, there's comfort to be had for all of eternity. But you're going, well, that hurts me a little bit. Yeah, because he's already told you. You're puffed up, you're arrogant. And the kingdom of God is not just about talk, it's about living by God's power. And you cannot live by God's power while choosing to not be a faithful follower. Living in that humility and being willing to suffer and ready and following the right examples and making sure that we're welcoming that correction that we're, that's needed in life. Will you follow Jesus? Are you a crayon? <laughs> the kingdom of God doesn't consist in talk, but in power by living as a faithful follower. That's what he's communicating. What do you wish? Shall I come to you with a rod? A rod of discipline? Or with love and a spirit of gentleness. Found faithful as a faithful follower. Found faithful as a faithful follower. First Corinthians chapter four. Will you be found faithful as a faithful? follower so Lord we come before you and we give you thanks we worship you we praise you Lord I'm asking that when you need to come with others into our lives as more of a spiritual father and bring a rod of discipline that we wouldn't automatically reject that But that we would receive it so that we might become more like you. May we not be so puffed up and arrogant that we would not receive the rebuke that we sometimes need. And I know sometimes the love feels to be hard, but thank you for the hard love. Thank you for the power of your word and your truth. Thank you for your grace that is so prevalent. May we follow well. In Christ's name.